Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Right now, small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. Go to Indeed, the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. For those of you that have been here for a while, from the beginning, from the start, from two months ago, from a year ago, thank you so much for coming back. For those of you that are new, this is a show that really just covers the latest stories in this kind of Apple bubble, there's always so much that is cooking, even with 2020 winding down. But also, we kind of give you perspective of its relationship outside of Apple as well. But yeah, you know, a lot of us that follow this are Apple users. We're in the Apple ecosystem. We're Apple fans. We just love tech. And so, this is what this is all about. Now, before we get to the show, just a couple orders of business. First of all, be a part of the show. All you got to do is call in, and all you have to do to do that is record a voice memo. On your device, your phone, your laptop, your computer, whatever it is, send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebitsshow with a Z at gmail.com. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your questions, your comments, your corrections. We take them all here in the show and just a great way to kind of be a part of what's going on here. Another way to do things is to contribute to the show. I am so grateful for all of your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how I do this. And this is, you guys have allowed me to continue to do this show and continue to do all my content. So what you get here by supporting, whether it's $2 a month, $5 a month, which is a cup of coffee, $10, $25, the $100 platinum level, however you feel like that I provide value to you, I'm more than welcome to accept it. And here's what you're going to get. You're going to get early access to content. You're going to get rewards at different levels, and you're going to get a completely ad-free version of this show. No ads, none of that. You won't even hear this if you're a Patreon supporter. But a cool thing is this week, December the 11th on Friday, I'm going to do a Zoom one-hour open live free flow chat for my Patreon supporters. I'm going to try something new, kind of bring some more value to you all. So if you're interested in supporting this and that, and just kind of being a part of this community, I appreciate it so much. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is where you go. Okay. So I say, let's get to the show. Let's get to all the news that is happening. Plenty of stuff in. I think the biggest thing that we're really curious about and that's going to affect us immediately is this new idea of Apple releasing something like a Christmas surprise, but it might be dropping this coming week on Tuesday, December the 8th. Now, an Apple Care memo that has been hinting at potential hardware was just revealed by Mac Rumors. So basically, one of their sources said that We've received an internal memo. Apple informed service providers that it has Apple Care Plus related changes planned for this Tuesday, December 8th at 5:30 a.m. So what they've said specifically is to expect new product SKUs, new updated product descriptions, and new updated product pricing. That's according to the memo. Now we know that Apple is sitting on a lot of things. We have Air tags, there are tracking tags. We have AirPod Studio, they're over the air headphones, which I don't think we'll see. I don't, I really don't think we'll see either of these. We have people that have just been pining away for a new Apple TV. I don't know if we're going to get it, but that would be a nice thing. 
I don't think it's any of those three. I have no idea what it's going to be. But if it's new product SKUs with new descriptions and new pricing, either it's going to be an adjustment on some of the things in the current lineup, or a little while back, we had talked about how a SKU list had released for new Apple Care parts that showed an M1 Mac Mini with 10 gigabit Ethernet support. Now, if you recall, the new M1 Mac Minis do not support 10 gigabit Ethernet, but there's this rumored kind of parts list that show that. So what makes more sense to me is something maybe more incremental, like something not too crazy, nothing groundbreaking right before Christmas. Hey, again, maybe they drop AirTags. I literally don't know, but I don't think they would. Not at this time. They've already done three events in three months. It's been jam-packed. I'm still doing reviews on certain products. So my hunch is maybe it's something as simple as they're just releasing a kind of more beefier M1 Mac Mini. Maybe it has four ports. Probably not. But another skew of a product they already have with maybe a little upgrade bump, just like 10 gigabit Ethernet. I think that's more reasonable. It makes more sense, but I could be totally wrong. The other thing that I had thought about and I've talked about in my video is maybe we're going to see iPod socks come back, but they're, they're like iPhone socks. And if you don't remember this, oh man, I can't remember when it was. Was it? I don't know if it was 2004. It feels like that far long ago, long time ago. They released iPod socks. They were like green, blue. They were like the classic almost gumdrop iMac flavors from back in the day, but they were socks that you put on your iPods. So I'm saying iPhone socks. That's what it is. I'm like 99.9% sure that it's not that. But user love to dream had leaked this whole idea on Twitter. And now Mac Rumors is saying, hey, we our source has an internal memo saying something is coming. So 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, by the time you listen to this, something's cooking, something's happening. It could be big. It could be not so big. It could be nothing. It could be um, Apple Fitness Plus is available. Dear Lord, if that's really what this surprise is, that ain't a surprise. Apple told us it was coming by the end of the year. So we'll see what happens. But there's that kind of flowing around. Now, there's also a lot of other stuff flowing around around the MacBook Pro, specifically about the M1. We have heard, you know, I've had basically two shows that really talked about the M1 processor, why it's special, why it's so great, how unbelievable it is. Even if you don't use the processing power, the benefits of the battery life and the benefits that this these things are so freaking quiet. It you you really don't realize how often the fan on your machine is going on until you pretty much never hear a fan. So Leaks Apple Pro, who's an Apple leaker, hence their name, threw out this and says title this tweet and it started off with Apple M1X. 12 cores eight performance cores, four high-efficiency cores, coming first on a MacBook Pro 16-inch and will be unveiled as a press release, not an event. According to a source who has used an actual prototype, they say, if you think the M1 is fast, you haven't seen the M1X. The name of the processor is also not final. So just to give you a little recap of what's different here, the current M1 chip has four high-performance cores and four high-efficiency cores. This new M1X is rumored to have eight performance cores and four high-efficiency cores. That's going to make this thing 
even beefier and faster than it already is. I mean, we've seen all the benchmarks. Everything that Apple promised and said that people didn't believe at the keynote, they've delivered on, if not more. Again, if you're not even a power user, you're still going to see benefits all over the place with this. And like I've said over and over, even before the keynote, it is the most exciting thing that's happening to Apple right now. You know, for a while, I always kept on saying the Apple Watch is the most exciting. The iPad is my favorite product. The Apple Watch is kind of plateaued right now until they do something different. And for the future of the Mac, this is this makes the Mac product line exciting. I don't know about you all. If you use a Mac right now, I can't wait to get my hands on this. I'm not, I'm not gonna buy a current M1 just yet, even though all indications is that it has outperformed my fully loaded, beefed up, spec'd up, top processor, maxed out RAM, 16-inch MacBook Pro that just came out. I think it was November 2019 was the last time it came out. Yeah, it, it destroys it, quite honestly. So we have this M1X coming to a MacBook Pro 16-inch sometime next year, 2021. Ming-Chi Kuo has continued to float this rumor and continues to lean hard into it that we will see new two new redesigned MacBook Pros in 2021 and now just recently adding into the fold a new MacBook Air in 2022. So the two presumed MacBook Pros that will be completely redesigned would be the rumored 14-inch MacBook Pro that's been talked about for a while and then a new 16-inch MacBook Pro that would be that has been talked for a while. They would be loaded, obviously, with Apple's latest silicon chips. The report is, though, at least the this M1X would be specific to the 16-inch MacBook Pro to start. The other big talk is mini LED displays. We've heard about this. There were rumblings that we might see it in 2020. Obviously, coronavirus happened. It's still happening, but at least on the factory level overseas, it's not as out of control as it is here in the U.S., at least from what we know. But beyond that, you know, it's slowed down some of the innovations in the product pipeline and development that could have happened. So we didn't see any mini LED displays, but these are important because mini LED consists of, I guess, roughly 1,000 to 10,000 like little mini backlights in the display. But what it allows you to do is get deeper, darker blacks, more vibrant colors, brighter brights. It uses lower power. It's a benefit across the board compared to the current LED backlit displays. Also, these are not the the OLED displays, right? Though that is really truly the benchmark standard for the deepest blacks. But mini LED is kind of like in between there. But I've seen plenty of mini LED displays, and they get just just right up close to OLED. You can tell when they're side to side that the blacks just aren't. It's just subtle, but Compared to your standard backlit LED display, mini LED is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big step up. It's going to be a big game changer for them. So the rumors that 2021 MacBook Pros redesign and mini LED displays. Now, Ming-Chi Kuo also threw in this other wrinkle here. 2022 would bring an quote-unquote affordable MacBook Air. That's all he drops. So we know that obviously there's always new models of things coming out. Now, here's the thing. Right now, the MacBook Air is $999. The entry-level M1 
MacBook Air is $999. So if you're talking about an affordable, quote unquote, MacBook Air, okay, what's affordable to Apple? Are we talking about a $799 laptop in 2022? Or are we talking about something like more like $699, $599? 599 price doesn't make sense to me just because of the price of all of their products across all of their lines. I mean, what, you're going you're gonna to sell a MacBook Air for significantly cheaper than an iPhone 12 Pro? You're not going to do that. At least I don't think you are. And one of the talks has been, oh, okay, well, hey, Apple can offset the cost because many LED displays cost more, but Apple doing their own silicon with the M1 chip and the fact that it's less expensive to produce and they don't, they're not paying licensing fees or any partnership fees with Intel, that chip itself will be cheaper. And so they're saying, hey, they'll pass on some of the savings, but still get an improved, better technology, more expensive technology in a mini LED display. So then I'm like, okay, well, where was this for the current MacBook Air and MacBook Pro? I know the Mac mini dropped like $100, but it lost two ports. It lost 10 gigabit ethernet. So I'm going to kind of say, well, it's kind of around the same. Where was the savings this year? I didn't see it. I'm just saying, I didn't see it. So expect two new models of MacBook Pros and then a rumbling of a MacBook Air in 2022. Now this next report kind of got me saying, huh? Because I think one of the most polarizing features of the MacBook Pro is the touch bar. I have people that say they love it. I have people that say I'm crazy. And then I also have people that say, The touch bar is useless. And I'm on camp, touch bar useless. It doesn't add any, it literally does not add anything for me from a standpoint of uh, it looks kind of cool when there's graphics on it. But beyond that, I could care less. So the latest report, a revealed patent from Patently Apple shows that we could potentially see forced touch sensors added to a future MacBook Pro touch bar and i've been talking about this look the touch bar it needs haptics so we can at least even feel or register and know when we're tapping or selecting things on it at least do something like that it doesn't have that but this patent reveals that apple's been working on a potential force touch mechanism within the touch bar now people are quick to remind me that force touch exists in the trackpad okay but apple got rid of it on all of its other products that involve at least pressing on a a physical screen display. It's not on the iPhone, although they call that 3D Touch. Force Touch was removed from the Apple Watch series. And what was kind of more frustrating for me, and I talked about it in my review of the Apple Watch, which you should check out, is that the Apple Watch Series 6 had Force Touch. I used it all the time. The hardware is there, and in Watch OS 7, they completely disabled it. And they didn't tell us they were going to disable it. They just did it. And all of a sudden, a lot of things that I did stop working. The only type of force touch-ish command you can do is if you long press on the watch face, it allows you to change the watch face. That used to be a force touch feature. Now it's just a long press. But they got rid of every other feature that was a force touch feature. They could have replaced it with a long press, but they didn't. Instead, they just got rid of it. So certain people, probably a small segment of the population that uses this stuff, had no longer could use their Apple Watch the same way that they always have. And to me, it made it more useful and allowed me to jump and do certain things that I, and I was like, okay, I guess I got to learn a different way. And I think that was dumb and stupid to take it out. 
So now when you say, okay, force touch to the touch bar, uh, I guess I'll wait and see because even if you have haptics, add haptics to it, doesn't mean that it's going to be that special. Doesn't mean that I'm going to care a whole lot more, but it is a patent. There's documentation, there's drawings. It's all there. It doesn't mean that Apple's going to actually do it, but they are obviously clearly researching it and it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Another patent related to MacBooks and MacBook Pros. This this got me a little excited, no doubt. Apple has filed a patent for an intense, light-absorbent matte black finish for a range of products, including the iPhone, the iPad, Apple Watch, and MacBook. All black, everything. So this is what's interesting. This is uh, It's titled, Anodized Part Having a Matte Black Appearance. So it talks about the characteristics and the finish and really kind of different possible manufacturing techniques to really achieve this. But they really emphasize that this is difficult. You know, the patent talks about a finish could be used on a range of metal and metal alloys because up to this point, the last time we had anything that was a black MacBook, which is one of my favorite ones of all time, was when we had that kind of polycarbonate plastic MacBook that was black and that had the white glowy logo on the top. That's the last time we had it. So Apple's been looking and researching into this. The, this finish that they talk about could be used on a range of metals, alloys, including aluminum, titanium, and steel. These are all three surfaces that Apple has worked on. We, I would think that maybe we would see this on something like an Apple Watch first to see how it does. But it kind of goes into detail that a genuine black color is extremely difficult to achieve while most commercial black products are actually kind of a dark, dark gray or blue, it just putting like dye particles on the pores of an anodized layer doesn't give off a true black color. Also, you have like little seams, um, you know, visible light could make it look less black, scratches, like etching the surface. Maybe that can help and get the black in there and grooves, but it's basically really difficult to get these metal surfaces completely black. Now, have you heard of that substance? Um, it's like a paint, I think, called Vanta Black, which is like, it literally, you if you paint something like it, it absorbs all the light. It's something like 99 point something crazy. I don't, I can't remember what it is. Like 99 point, I don't want to say 99.99% of light, but it was probably something like a 99.95 percentage of light. So if you paint this, vanta black on something it basically absorbs all the light. it looks like you're holding almost like a black hole it, it it's hard to explain but it really does feel like it absorbs all the light now apple's not going to be using that we know there's skins and all that stuff but apple has been looking into trying to really achieve this true black on metal service surfaces and i can't wait if they can nail this it would be one of the most popular, popular colors for anything Apple. Easily. I mean, I already love Space Gray, but give me some of that Vanta Black style? Ugh. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring this video. Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's as crucial in business as it is in health. And if you're in charge of hiring, it should be in every job description. Whether you're ready to make your next important hire or need some rehiring tips, Indeed is here to help. 
Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Okay, back to the stories and all the skinny of what's going on inside the world of Apple. Let's talk iPad Pro because this year, 2020, it was, to me, it was a letdown for the iPad Pro. You got a new model that had an ultra-wide camera lens. I don't use the iPad Pro for shooting anything. It had the LiDAR scanner, which I have never used with that model. Still don't. And then it had the same processor as two years ago, except it had one more graphics core unlocked. So the iPad Pro 2020 for me, not only was it not worthy of upgrading from a 2018, and again, if you had an earlier iPad and you wanted to upgrade, hey, you're fine. Like the iPad Pro is okay. But for someone who owned one from two years ago, it was not impressive to me in any way, shape or form. So look, new iPad Pro talk. Again, the whole mini LED models expected sometime in early 2021. I think the iPad itself is honestly almost as perfect of a product as you can get, whether you're getting a mid-range product. Even if you're getting an entry level, it's going to just do what you want, a consumption device that can play games and watch content on if that's at your most basic fundamental level how you want to use it. But if you talk about on the pro side, other than an improved screen, other than maybe, you know, it has Face ID. Okay, I don't think it needs it, but if you could get a really true responsive Touch ID inside of it, that would be nice. The, the biggest thing it needs is the ability to run now pro apps on the device. So if you can give me a better processor, an even better processor, pro apps that fully take advantage of it, and a mini LED display, now we're talking about a product that makes me interested in wanting to get it. But this whole lack of software to support the power and really unlock the power in it, that's probably been the number one most frustrating thing about the iPad Pro. But again, it is still one of my favorite products in the Apple product family, easily. So this report confirms all the rumors that, hey, from Ming-Chi Kuo, a uh, LED model, mini LED model screens were coming in early 2021. That's from the Alec. It's a Korean outlet. Well, the new twist is that they're saying not only are we going to see a mini LED display that may be limited to the high-end 12.9-inch iPad Pro uh, launching around sometime in March of next year, they're also saying that there's going to be another up-upgraded version with OLED displays later in the year. Now, this is the first time we've heard this. This seems like a little bit of a stretch. But mini LED and OLED displays share a lot of the same benefits. I talked about it. It's just that OLED is kind of 
even better than mini LED. So that to me, it doesn't make sense for them to all of a sudden be like, okay, we got mini LED here. Here's the new tech. And then all of a sudden later in the year, they're going to be like, oh yeah, we also got a iPad Pro Pro or an iPad Pro LED. That, that doesn't make sense. Now, noted display analyst Ross Young, who covers this stuff, disputed that claim about OLED and said, nope, it's not happening. But it's out there. People are saying that. I, I don't see it. Again, the best tablet screen you're going to find today is the Samsung Galaxy S7 Plus. The Tab S7 Plus. It is gorgeous. Like, I'm not here to make an ad. I've never seen any display on a tablet look sharper, like more vibrant, clearer. It pops, like the stuff just pops off the screen. It looks incredible. So that is, to me, the benchmark of the best display on a tablet. That might be arguably the only place where the iPad significantly trails because iPad OS is awesome. Yes, it's not like, uh, it doesn't have the versatility of a Surface machine yet. It's not a hybrid device. They have the magic keyboard that makes it feel more hybrid, but it's still iPad OS. So I'm curious to see if we'll see more tweaks to that. As now that we have the magic keyboard alongside of a touchscreen OS, will they start maybe bringing in more features that make it feel more Mac-like? We also have the fact that Mac OS Big Sur looks like it's ready to touch with your fingertips. So, you know, these next two years, specifically for Mac OS, iPad OS, are going to be interesting, interesting to see how Apple approaches it. Will they keep it exactly like it is and just play it safe, which they normally do? Or will we start seeing kind of more cross-pollination? I would be really excited, obviously, if we see more of that kind of crossover between the two. Now, we also have a rumored 2021 high-end iPad may feature also not only mini LED displays, but a 5G antenna with millimeter wave support. Now, first of all, if you guys have the iPhone 12, any of the models, there have been kind of some reports about some of those models dropping calls a lot. Um, And I don't know if this has happened to you. It actually, surprisingly, I didn't think about it because I normally do FaceTime calls, but a lot of my regular calls that have just been over the phone, they they were dropping off, but then I was like, I'll just use FaceTime. And I I just kind of dismissed it. But there's starting to be a really large amount of reports surfacing that the latest iPhone 12 lineup across all four models is having problems with frequently dropped calls. And then some people are having really more than normal battery drains. For example, the battery draining 4% every hour, even if you're not doing much, even if you turn off background apps, it's draining. Some people, they're saying that when they turn off background apps and they just leave their phone idle overnight, that is dropping 40% as well. So I just wanna only bring this up, not that I'm saying this is widespread, but there's been enough momentum that this is definitely something that people are dealing with with their iPhone 12 whether it's a 12 mini, 12 pro, 12 pro max, 12, regular 12. Jeez, I'm I'm getting all confused with the models. So just be aware of that. Now, this rumor is that because Apple, remember they acquired Intel, so they have all their patents and their technology, and they even brought on their staff to work with 5G antenna design. The report is Apple has had success in developing its own in-house millimeter wave antenna in package And these would be implemented not only in next year's iPhone, but it's also increased the likelihood that we could get these antennas in the new iPad family as well. So they would 
kind of be a they would benefit because obviously they share components and parts so that would that would be interesting because i used to actually use a mobile ipad use the mobile cellular service on an ipad for probably the first two or three years but then wi-fi started becoming so prevalent that i just stopped and i don't need it but if this is like your main device this is your go-to device i mean getting cellular on an ipad especially with the magic keyboard it's it's an awesome experience. So 5G and mini LED are rumored for the next generation iPad Pro family. We'll see how many iPads actually get these features. Maybe it just sticks with the Pro and that makes sense because that's kind of the premium tier line and they it allows them to keep the other products lower in price. But that's what's brewing for the iPad Pro. Now this was kind of a fun patent that we saw recently released also by Patently Apple. It's a filing that reveals a dual monitor stand for the Pro Display XDR. So, yeah, I know not everyone, this doesn't affect everyone or not not most people that are listening to this show, but Apple's Pro Display XDR, that amazing, you know, arm, there was always the whole jokes about the fact that the stand itself was $999. Well, they released a patent that's an image of a stand that could support two Pro Display XDRs and think of it just like a long bar across with slots where you could actually pop in the two XDR displays. And then on the side of this long bar are two stands, obviously. So it's just basically like a, a long upside down U, okay? And then it has these swivel handles on the side that will allow you to raise this bar up and down at the same time so that you wouldn't be adjusting both displays independently. They could kind of both be adjusted at the same time together in uniform. This is the ultimate first world problem. This is the ultimate Apple user first world problem. I need a dual stand for my two Pro Display XDRs. Yeah. If you if you forgot, the actual display starts at $4,999 for a single display. Yeah. Do the math. 10K displays. A regular stand is almost $1,000. I, I put in my video, hey, I think maybe this stand could be something like $2,500, maybe $500 more than a regular stand. And people are like, no way, dude. This stand's going to be like 4000 bucks. Whatever. It's a patent. There's all types of images around it. What's even cooler is that not only is it a singular bar, in the middle it has a joint which would allow you to bend it kind of like at an angle. So that means the two displays you also have could be at an angle of each other. So not only could it be flat straight, but angled, ooh. Now, that that becomes really interesting as well for a price of roughly 4,000 bucks. Who knows what the price is? This is just a patent filing. It's really detailed. I could absolutely see Apple put this out because I think they did a really good job this past year or year and a half of really just showing love to the pro customers, knowing that it is not the majority of their users, but the fact that they have this like kind of shining star, this for many people, unattainable product that is just extremely powerful and extremely pricey, but it shows and, and and makes people feel like they're actually innovating at this like top level. They sure aren't innovating on that price though, because that thing's expensive. But uh, it was kind of a fun fun little patent that was out there. Also, for something that's a lot more affordable, the MagSafe Duo charger for iPhone 12. That's that kind of little white wallet thing that they showed off at the keynote for the iPhone that wirelessly charges the phone. And then also has kind of like this pop-up to charge an Apple Watch at the same time, typically made kind of more for 
people that are traveling or on the go, uh, a super portable way to charge this on like a, I guess you could kind of call it like a flat pad slash charging stand. Well, we've dug into kind of some of the specifics of it, and this is where this is a really interesting product. First of all, it's $129. It comes with a USB-C to lightning cable. It does not come with a power adapter. I repeat, it does not come with a power adapter. Okay, that's fine, you might say. But here's where it gets sticky. Now, we know that the MagSafe charging, the maximum, kind of the full watts that it supports standalone is uh, 15 watts. Now, this would be just, let's say, if you connected a directly a MagSafe to a 20-watt power adapter on the back of your phone. Now, this MagSafe Duo charger, which costs $129, if you were to use that same 20-watt USB-C power adapter from Apple, it only charges a phone up to 11 watts. That is the maximum capacity can do on this Duo charger. Okay, so then if you pair it with a 27-watt or higher USB-C power adapter that you have to buy, it will then charge the iPhone up to 14 watts. So it never hits 15 watts, the maximum charging capability, when you use this Duo char- MagSafe Duo charger. It never does. Here's the thing. If you even want to get 14 watts, you have to buy, Apple has their 30-watt USB-C power adapter, that's 49 bucks. So this setup here, $129 plus 50, so that's $179 before tax to get a MagSafe Duo charger that charges slower than its maximum capacity. And then not only that, remember, even though it's charging at 15 watts, this is wireless, it still takes twice as long than to just plug in the wall. So it becomes this value proposition where you're just like, uh, why don't I just buy a 20-watt charger and physically plug it in directly to my phone, charges twice as fast, has the full wattage, instead of buying or spending hundred, nearly $180 on this little portable thing. It doesn't make sense to me. It looks cool. I thought it had a whole lot of promise. It looks so sweet. But when you factor all those things in, this is a bad apple. Like this is not, this is honestly not a product that I could recommend to anyone unless you just got money to burn and you're just living that apple juice life. Like you're just drinking it, you are sipping it, you are loving it. That's the only person I can really honestly see that this product is for. So, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should do it. Okay, and finally, look, Apple TV Plus a service that is still free for many of us, a service that I still am not, you know, have any reason to make any type of update on it yet. I'm still like, "Mm, I'm pretty good. Well, look, for Christmas, they're doing this fun little Mariah Carey magical Christmas special only on Apple TV+. Plus. Jennifer Hudson's in it. Ariana Grande's in it. Um, I don't know if there's any singer or performer more synonymous with a holiday than Mariah Carey is with Christmas. If you have one, let me know. But there's this like crazy part where her and Ariana Grande like whistle in harmony. That is worth watching. Just if you don't want to watch the whole thing, just find the clip on the internet. Anyways, Apple TV Plus has this special. The only reason why I bring this up too is, yes, 
It's awesome. It's, I don't know, I'm a sucker for this stuff. It's worth watching. And Mariah Carey is one of my favorite artists of all time. But, you know, do you, I don't know if you heard, but Apple TV Plus has some serious, serious competition coming up because HBO Max just announced this just a few days ago that they're going to make their entire movie lineup available on HBO Max for the U.S. at no additional cost. The movies will be available on release date at the same time that they put it in the theaters. That means we already had heard that Wonder Woman 84 was going to come out on December 25th, same time as movie theaters. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, no additional cost. That's awesome. Well, now we're talking about the entire slate of 2021. We got movies like Matrix 4, Mortal Kombat, uh, In the Heights, uh, what else we got? Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 84, so many others. Oh, Dune. All of these movies are going to be available at no additional cost for U.S. users, subscribers for 2021. Now, HBO reps have said this is a one-year experiment. And obviously, you know, because of coronavirus times, this is something they have to do. People that are saying, oh, no, what about the movie theaters? Look, the movie theaters are still there if you feel comfortable going. I don't. But people aren't going to even go to movie theaters if you aren't even releasing new movies anyways. So I think that with the current times, this is a super, super smart thing to do. It makes consumers happy. And it also makes HBO Max a must-have service to get. There, it's To me, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, those are kind of like the three arguably must-have services. Amazon Prime just comes because we all got Amazon Prime. Most of us do. So it's not like we're really seeking out Amazon Prime content. We like it because we get it because we're really there for the free shipping. So Apple TV Plus is has a dilemma coming up in February when everyone's plans expire and that extension that they gave us to get a few more months free is over. Who's going back to that? They have some nice content, but no. And also, I forgot to tell you, HBO Max happens to have other shows like uh, Insecure. Um, oh man, I can't remember all these shows off the top of my head. The uh, it's so it's so bad that I can't even think of it. Oh, Euphoria. Um, shoot, what's that family show? <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm gonna stop. Like, like kind of like dramatic family show. I'm gonna stop before I embarrass myself. But anyways, Apple TV Plus they have a lot of challenges coming their way in the next few months. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. You know how to be a part of it. Call in, record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And we also got to give big, big thanks to Platinum Apples at the $100 level at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your support. Thank you all of you so much for your support. And again, if you sign up for my Patreon, starting at $2 a month, goes up higher. You can get early access to content, rewards at different levels, completely ad-free version of the show. And this Friday, I'm doing a private exclusive Patreon member Zoom live video chat for an hour, Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. So check it out. Again, I just thank you so much for your support. And I thank you all of you who continue to support me and allow me to do this um, 
I wouldn't be able to do this without y'all. It's just straight up a fact. So thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week. Plenty of content coming up during the holidays. So stick tight. But thanks for your patience. I know the podcast came out a day later than normal. But but I have been loaded with content. I've just been hustling, grinding. So just be patient. It's all coming. It's all good. All right. Take everybody. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.